she has a Bible tonight. How about that? Turn with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. Father, we thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to come together tonight, Jesus, and to just fellowship, Lord, in your presence, Lord, and to just feast upon your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just use me as a mouthpiece tonight, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Give us the spiritual ears that we need to hear your voice in this word tonight. Give us the spiritual eyes to see this path as you lay it out before us, and give us the godly wisdom that we need to walk in that path. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. Everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Amen. Tonight we're going to talk about God has a plan. God has a plan. Amen. Isaiah chapter 55, and we're going to go to verse 8. The Bible says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You need to get a clear understanding here today. And as we are approaching the end times, getting closer all the time, you need to clearly understand that everything going on has a purpose and is part of the plan. We don't see it. We can't understand a lot of it. We have no idea sometimes what is going on, how in the world, what is happening. But God has a plan, and these are all part of his plan. As it says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, how much higher are the heavens than the earth? A bunch. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God's thinking is so far beyond our finding out, so far beyond our understanding. You can't understand it. And it's not for us to understand. That's well above our pay grade. God doesn't need you to understand it. Everything you need to understand is in the book. If it's not in here and if it's not revealed to you, it's something you don't need to know about because it's above your understanding. It's above where you are. You have no need to know things that are coming any far, any further than what you know. Why? Because you will make changes that are detrimental to your life and your walk with God. If God revealed to you today the date and time you were going to die, it would change how you live. If it was further out, you would not be near as apt to fear God as much as you do, knowing that you had plenty of time. But by not knowing what another day may bring, and not knowing the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man doth come, it will cause you to walk much more carefully on this road in this life that we live below. You see? So there's reasons why God reveals things to us and reasons why He does not. His wisdom is unsearchable. And He does everything absolutely perfectly. Just like it needs to be done. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven... And returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. But all the things that happen and transpire that cause the earth to bud, and to bring forth, and to give seed, it's to give seed to the sower, amen, and the bread to the eater, it's to do the things that need to be done. But there's a whole lot that had to go into all this to make those things happen. And there's a whole lot that goes into this to make all this happen. Everything that you see is not the end result. Everything that you see is part of an intricate plan. 
All the things that have happened in the past have brought us to where we are now. And all the things that are going on right now are going to bring forth the things that are yet to come. There is many times in our lives we didn't quite understand some of the things that we understand now. We wouldn't understand things as clearly as we understand them now. But hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? Why? Because you can look back and you can evaluate all the things that have happened and you can put them all in proper context and you could see how that all the things that transpired in times gone by have brought you to the place that you are now. Some good, some bad. Some painless, some joyful, some absolutely painful. But here we are today as a product of those things that have already happened. And in the future, we will be in a place that is a, a place that this is all brought about. We will be in a place that is a product of all that we're going through now. A place that is a result and has been brought forth by what's going on right now. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. What's that? What's his word that goes forth out of his mouth? It's the Bible. He said, so shall that word right there, that Bible, so shall my Bible, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It's not going to return unto me void, honey. When God spoke it, it's going to happen just like He spoke it. Amen. As I was talking to my friend today, and I said, I'm going to tell you, it's like I tell everybody else, it don't matter what you do, don't matter what I do. You ain't putting nobody in the White House, neither is the Republicans, neither are the Democrats, neither is anybody. The devil ain't putting them there. God's putting them in there. I set up kings, and I tear down kingdoms. Amen. God is the one that puts people in charge, and He's the one that tears them down. And there ain't nobody can do anything about it. Because when he opens the door, there ain't nobody going to shut it. And when he closes the door, there's no one can open it. So you ain't got a dog in the hunt. All this is kingdom stuff going on. Even we're in a democracy, it's still kingdom stuff going on. Because everything is governed and controlled by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The buck stops at the throne of God. That's it. That settles it. <laughs> Did you see some of the recent ones I put on there? I put one on the pod bean. Pull some of them up. You gotta see some you gotta see one of these deals I put on there. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So when God declares, when God speaks it, when God makes the decision, when, and these are decisions that's made today. These decisions made, it might have been made 2200 million years ago. Who knows? God settled it. Now, going down some. Going down. Going down. Going down. On down. Hope. Right there. The Bible. What's the Bible all about? The Bible is not a storybook. It's not fiction. It's not a fairy tale. It's a detailed instruction manual on how to live. How to live your life in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to God. How He sees it is all that matters. Period. Mic drop. <laughs> Love that. I just thought, I thought, yeah, them young people will get a, they'll get a kick out of that. They'll, they'll understand that. Yep, that's all that matters, period. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm so clever. Okay. <laughs> I'm so hip. I'm so hip. I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Kill me. <sighs> okay. Anyway, all right. So, he said that nothing is it's going to accomplish that which... I please. It ain't about what pleases you. Did you notice right here where God says, is it, is, am I pleasing you? Did, did God ever ask you that? Have you ever heard, did, did God come check things out with you like he does over the planets over there? 
Did he come check and see if how he was doing things was okay with you? Are you are you down with that? I mean, I've not done anything to hurt your feelings or anything, right? I mean, I just want to make sure it didn't hurt your feelings because that's what I'm all about is not hurting anybody's feelings, right? That's what God's all about, right? Because he's a politically correct God. Lord knows he's afraid that somebody might uh, uh, find some emails or something on him or, or you know, somebody might be probing, you know, and, uh, into, his, uh, into his history or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, they might be trying to hack his Twitter account. God's got your twit account, all right? Yeah. He said it's going to accomplish that which pleases him, and it's going to prosper. It's going to prosper in the thing where he sent it to. In other words, it's going to happen just like I said it will. It's going to do exactly what I intended for it to do. You think God's sitting up there worrying about how this is all going to fold out? God already knows exactly before the first Man was created on this earth. God knew exactly how this thing was going to end. There ain't nothing taking him by surprise. Amen. Next set of scriptures. Now, God has a plan. Romans eleven thirty three through 36 Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out. See that? We can't find Him out. How many times have you tried to figure Him out? You know you have, don't you lie? You're in church. You know you've tried to figure out how He's going to do it. Because His Word says He's going to do it. But then you're trying to say, there's no way He's going to be able to do it. Because there's only a few ways he can work. I mean, there's only a few ways this could happen. There's no way. Time's up. There's no way. We're out of time. It ain't going to work. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What just happened? What just happened? Man, that boy looks just like you. That expression you just made, that boy looks just like you. It was the expression you just made look just like him. <laughs> yeah, that's what it said. Yeah. Now, okay. But his ways are past our finding out. Why can't we find them out? Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't, we can't understand it. He didn't make you that smart. You just think you're that smart. Man just thinks they're that smart. We're not smart. We're not smart. Could could you imagine God yeah, God looking down here at us and going, You're not even smart enough to know how stupid you are. It takes a thousand times your intelligence to realize how stupid you are. Yeah, I've been working on a message for a hundred years called a higher level of stupid. That's the description of the church today. We're just a higher level of stupid. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or who hath been his counselor? Man. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Somebody help me out. Somebody explain it. Somebody explain me. For of him and through him and to him are all things. Anybody? What? Everything in this life is for Him. It's of Him. Everything was created of Him and through Him are all things created. Through Him are all things done. He made it to where, listen, I created it 
And everything in this life is going to have to go through me. Period. Everything goes through me. Salvation is through Him. Hell is through Him. Nothing happens that has or ever will happen that is not through Him. He is in control of everything that ever was and everything that is and everything that ever will be will be through Him, praise God. Of Him, they are of Him. He has created good, He has created evil, and everything in between, everything goes through Him and to Him, praise God, are all things. Glory is to God. Blessing is to God. Benefit is to God. Everything is to God. When you do things that are evil, they are to God. When you do things that are good, you have done them to God. When you sin, you have sinned against God. When you glorify, you are bringing glory to God. When you glorify Him. Everything is to God. It's personal. It's personal. Nothing in this life is about you. Nothing in this life is about me. It's all about God. This everything going on ain't about the presidency of the United States of America. Everything going on in this land ain't about, ain't about the White House. It ain't about uh, 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 White Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and all that kind of stuff. Ain't none of that about nothing. Everything in this life is about God. But people have lost their way. People have gone off on all these thousands of avenues that have been laid out in front of them and they, they create themselves. And they say, this is important, that's important, this is important, this is more important, I'm not important enough, that one's too important, this one ain't important. All these things that they try to put importance upon. The almighty dollar, the economy, the food, the money, the gas, the oil, uh, all these things they try to make everyday life about, uh, all these things that are so vitally important, there is nothing important but God. Nothing. Because this whole thing is all about God. We were created by Him... And for Him. The Bible says by Him and for Him were all things created. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Come on. First Corinthians 2, 7 says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. And we truly do really is a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord. See, here's the deal. God couldn't let them know it. That's what that means. A lot of people take that to mean a thousand different things, but what he means is it wasn't allowed for them to know it. The princes of this world were not allowed to know it. Why? Because if that would have happened, then they wouldn't have gone through with the, with the plan. See what I mean? There's reasons why you don't know things you don't know. It's in the plan. Well, I wish I'd have seen that. I wish I'd have known it. No, you don't. Because you're just going to mess something up. There's a reason why you don't know what you don't know. When, listen, when you're anointed and appointed of God, when you are walking in covenant with Him, you're going to know exactly what you need to know. You're going to have, as long as you're walking with that hunger and you're thirsting after righteousness and you want to know God, you want to know Him better, and you're seeking God with everything in your heart, mind, and soul, amen, God, do you think God's not going to feed you? His Word of God says He will. The Word of God said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after the righteousness, after what is right. For they shall be filled. They shall be filled. If you're wanting something more, God's going to give you something more. Praise God. He's not going to leave you out there starving and twisting in the wind. But He's not going to give you something to hurt yourself with either. Because that's a good father right there. What man 
would walk up and give a loaded gun to a child. Don't know anything about it. No way. Because they could hurt themselves with it. If they'd have known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. See? So they were not made privy to the things that were to come. They were not allowed to see it. Okay, next next set. Now, All right, here we are in Genesis 37. Listen, before a miracle comes, there has to be a need. Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. (laughs) And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun of the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. The sun of the moon and what? What did he say? The sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance unto me. What might the eleven stars be? The rest of the tribes of Israel, which was Jacob. Israel was Jacob. The tribes of Israel were the sons. The tribes of Israel was Joseph's brothers. All right. The son... And the moon, what's the son of the moon? Father and the mother. Even Jacob, he said, would make obeisance to me. My mama and my daddy and all my brothers are going to make obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. His father saying, uh-oh. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, remember Israel was Jacob, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with thy flock, or with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. 
Come now, therefore, let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him. And we shall see what will come of his, become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hands upon him, that he might that he might rid him out of their land, or out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty there, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I... Whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their fathers, uh, to their father and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. The Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. Folks, go to the next one, brother, when you get a chance. Let me tell you something, folks. Before before you can see the mighty hand of God work, there's got to be a problem first. Where do you think these nuts get all that? Where do you think Hitler got that? Where do you think mankind has gotten their tactics? They got it from the Lord. Because before God brings a solution, He always brings a problem. So that He becomes the deliverer. And it causes the people of God to depend more upon Him. You see, He has to get you in a place where you will submit yourself to Him. You see? Until you're face down with nowhere else to turn, you're not going to give up your complete dependence and your complete obedience to the Lord. But when God chastens you and you find yourself with nowhere else to turn, then God says, well, I tell you what, I've got the answer, but you're going to have to let go of everything you got let me have complete control. I can get you out of this and I can make things work like you're supposed to. That's where man got that. That's what they do now. That's what this mess is going on right now. That's what they're trying to do with it. But God has another plan. See, God lets people understand things just enough to perform His will. They think they're doing it to their benefit, but actually they're doing it to their demise. They have no idea. They're doing it to gain control, but they will never have control. They never have had control, nor will they ever have control because God has never lost control. Even when you think God doesn't have control of you. Oh, yes, he does. 
He can make you do anything he wants to. Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. Esau took his wives of the daughters of Canaan, Ada and the uh, Ada and the daughter of uh, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite and the Ahalabolamah. Uh, uh, It is. No, 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 39. Yeah, I was going to say there because I was fixing to be speaking in tongues there. It looks like some of these names, boy. Uh, thank God. I tell you, some of the names that's going on nowadays I can't pronounce anyway, but, man, these are right here, buddy, no kind of way. Yeah, a holla, 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 Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a cold to even pronounce it. you got to be hawking something up to even pronounce it. He's just going... You know, I guess I bet cats could pronounce it pretty good because they're always hawking fur, uh, fur balls up, hair balls up. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Here we go. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of the Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. I love that. There's bookends. These are bookends right here. And the Lord was with Joseph. You know what? Let me let me just tell you something right now. If there's one thing you need to clearly know and trust is the Lord is with you. Amen. You need to understand brought him down thither And the Lord was with Joseph. That's what matters right there. It doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter where you've been. does not matter where you're going. The one thing that matters in this life is that the Lord is with you. Joseph had no idea what was going on. He thought all this was happenstance. Can you imagine your own brethren selling you into slavery because they were jealous over you? Now, remember, just, just a very short time before, he'd had dreams. God told him. God showed him, but he didn't understand it then. You see what I mean? He didn't understand what those dreams meant. But they were the king of kings revealing to him those things that were shortly to come to pass. But look how long it took for all this stuff to take place we're talking about. And yet, Joseph had no idea. He had no way to know that. But the Bible says, here he's in despair. Can you imagine? You're sold into slavery and taken to a foreign land. And now you're, you're, you, you're, you become a, a, a prisoner. Amen. And he was, his Bible says, and Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord had made, or that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. See, when God's with you, God's going to make you prosper wherever He puts you, wherever He sends you. You're going to, you're going to be effective there. Whatever he does with you, you're going to prosper. It may not be the thing you want to prosper in, but you're going to prosper in what the Lord wants you to prosper in. Now, who in the world would ever think, well, how in the world is God going to be glorified through his people making these devil-worshipping, idol-worshipping people to prosper? Go figure. How can him making the Pharaoh prosper be of God. These people worshipped idols and things, man. So the child of God goes in there and the people that are worshipping idols become prosperous? 
See? Nobody had any idea what was going on. They didn't have no idea what was going on. They didn't have any idea what was coming down the road. They had no idea there was fixing to be a famine in the land. They had no idea, man, that God wasn't sending them down there to make the Pharaoh fat cat. He wasn't sending him down there to make Pharaoh prosperous. He wasn't sending him down there to do all that. He was sending him down there to save his people with what Egypt had. He was sending the only one that he could trust to be faithful to him, even in the land of despair. He still followed God. See, listen to me tonight. Don't miss the message. God has a plan. You don't see the plan, nor do I, a whole lot of the time. But you just have to understand, He has a plan for where you're at right now. He has a plan for what we're going through right now. He has a plan for where we're headed right now. You're not just headed into a dark tunnel. You're not just headed into nowhere land. You're headed into God's will because you belong to Him and He can do with us whatsoever He desires to do because we are bought with a price. Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put into his hands. He came in there. Why did God make him prosper the Pharaoh and all that kind of stuff? So that he could be put in charge. See that? Everything's working in the plan of God. The plan of God was absolutely exactly like God gave him in that dream. And it was going to come to pass just like he said it. And it came to pass from time to time that he made he had made him overseer, or that from from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and in his in the field, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hands, and he knew not. Alt he had. He didn't even know what all he had. Save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Everybody liked him. Amen. Is that it? No. Okay. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife. Here's here's where uh, where he ended up with uh, Potiphar's wife trying to tempt him. And he heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. Here we go again. Here's the other book in. But the Lord was with Joseph. Wherever God put Joseph, it wasn't Potiphar that put him there. God was just setting him in position. For the next move. Understand? Where you're at right now. If you're in covenant. You're following the word of God. And you're living for the Lord with everything you got. You're in right where you need to be. You're right where God wants you to be. Don't try to get up and move out of the way. You do the best you can. Follow the word. Follow God. God's got you. Don't worry about it. God's plan is not your plan. We have plans But they don't matter. We have plans, but what matters is God's plan. God has a plan. And that's what matters. And you're not going to change God's plan because of your plan. Your plan does not supersede God's plan, nor is it going to matter whatsoever. You're in God's hands. And God has a plan. We're in it. Whatsoever goes on in the future of our lives is in the hands of God. Yep. Okay. There was a bunch in there that we didn't read, okay? So you, you not, obviously don't know the, the, the story of Potiphar, who, he was, who, who was his master. His wife tried to sleep with him, tried to get Joseph to sleep with her. And he wouldn't do it. He said, how can I do this? This man's put me over everything. He don't even know what he owns and everything. He's put me over all this. How can I do this unto him? I will not do this thing. She tried to force him and several times, and they wouldn't do it. And so 
the last time she grabbed a hold of him, laid hold on him, and he ripped out of her hands and ran out of the house. And she had his coat, and she was, you know, she was uh, embarrassed by it. He, he degraded her by doing that. And so she took that ripped coat and took it to her husband and said, Look, he tried to force himself on me, and, and, uh, and, he, and, and I wouldn't do it. And so I, I grabbed his coat when he was trying to, when I was trying to run from him, I grabbed his coat. And here's the proof of it right here. So Potiphar took him and threw him in prison thinking that he had done this, okay? But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keepers of the prison. So wherever he went, God was with Joseph. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter where you go. What matters is who's with you. Doesn't matter where you go. What matters is who's going before you. Amen. Because, listen, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Praise God. How many times have you said, Lord, Lord, lead me and guide me. Have you ever said that? How many of you ever said, Lord, direct my steps? Then when you find yourself walking through the valley, you say, what's going on, God? I mean, I told you to direct my steps here, God. Why am I not on the mountaintop? God said, oh, I'm sorry. You mistook me for somebody else. This is where I hang out right here. <laughs> this is where you can do the most good right here. You ain't going to do nothing up, up there but get high. You don't need to be high. I need you down here low. Because he said, Lo, I am with you always. See? Amen. When you get high up there, you get up in that altitude air, you get altitude sickness. Amen. And it'll start wearing on you, start breaking out. Next thing you know, me so good, Yoma. Now, and ain't no cure for that. Ain't no cure for that. Now, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keepers of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Man, how about that? Everywhere he went, he just took over. Everywhere he went, he became the CEO. I mean, you know, all right, you're going to prison. Okay, here's all the keys, man. <laughs> You know, I'm going to I'm going fishing. Here's your here's the prisoners. You, you just take over the place. Let me know how things are going. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. Praise God. How? See, people know. People know when you got the right one. That's right. Sang it many a time. Love that. Love that saying. Got the right one, baby, yeah. Now, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. When the people of God put their hands on something, it's God's hands that touch it. Praise God. Is that it? All right, now, okay, now, going next. See how all this stuff ties together. Yet we're going through a lot of different areas of Scripture here. Now we're over in Genesis 40. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Here is Joseph talking to the baker that got, or the chef that got took out of the prison, and, and Joseph said, hey, don't forget me, because he was going to be taken to the king's house. He was going to be taken... Uh, to the Pharaoh, and, and he said, look, listen, I, I've, I've treated you good in here because, you know, I'm the kingpin in here, and I've treated you good. He said, when you go to the Pharaoh's house, listen, man, he said, think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, he said, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, Okay. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this into the dungeon. Understand this. You know, this is one of the greatest stories in all of the Bible right here. Because here is a fella that did nothing wrong. And time and time again, man, this ties right in with the, Sister Tara's favorite scripture. Over there in First Peter, she loves that scripture, Amen. And 
it, it talks about, it says, but when you, when you do good and suffer for it, you take it patiently. Huh? No, not yet. Oh, that's in a set of scriptures? Okay. Wow. See, I'm so good, I don't even know what that is. Man, wow. Okay. Man. That's awesome. I thought of it, and then I forgot it. <laughs> That's why I write stuff down, man. <laughs> yeah, because who knows where my next memory's going to take me. You know, it's like, it's like, it's a, wow, what am I doing here? Where's this place? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, don't say squirrel. You get me off on the wrong trail, man. Don't get me sidetracked now. I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll here. All right, so anyway, so the last, the last scripture, okay, so he said, Listen, bring me out of here. Was that the last verse? Okay. So he said, when you, when you find fa- uh, favor with Pharaoh, be sure and bring me out of here. Now, as it ties in with this right here, you need to understand, church, that, listen, this man had done nothing wrong. And he clearly said, I've done nothing to deserve this. He said, look, man, I was... <laughs> Not only that, he was on a mission to do his brother's good. He was bringing them some food and water. And he searched them out to find them because they were gone. He didn't say, well, hey, Dad, I'm sorry they were gone when I got there. I don't know where they went. You know, oh, they were over in Dothan. I don't, you know, wherever, where we went to find them. I, I don't know. I mean, I just came back. I didn't want to, you know, my camel was out of gas. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> you know, I didn't have my, my air conditioner ain't working, man. And, <laughs> you know, my camel fan was off and I can't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, man. But, uh, yeah. No, he searched them out. He searched, he searched, and diligently sought out his demise, his problems. He found those brothers, and trying to do them good, he suffered for it. But it wasn't about Joseph. He was the man for the job. He was the one that God knew he could depend on. All of his brothers would have quit and failed. But Joseph was the man for the job. Joseph could have hollered and screamed and cried and moaned and groaned at every turn, but I never heard one word about it. He just kept on going and doing the best that he could. He could have just sat over in the corner and said, I ain't doing nothing for you. Kill me. You know, I didn't deserve this. I'm not a slave. Man, I'm a, I'm a son of a, of a man of God. You know, my brother sold me. I never heard one word about that till he was talking to the, till he was talking to that uh, man was fixing to be delivered to the to the Pharaoh. Now he says, for indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. Back up. And here also have I done nothing. He said, here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. I ain't done nothing to deserve this. All right, now. Okay, so here we are in First Peter. This talks specifically about this. We've talked about it many times. It ties directly into this. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God. Conscience toward God. You need to get that clear in your mind. It ain't got nothing to do with you and the guy you're dealing with. It's the conscience toward God. Knowing that, listen, you ain't doing nothing to me God don't let you do. And I'm not doing what I'm doing for you, whether you like it or not. I'm doing it for conscience toward God. If God didn't want me doing it, I wouldn't be here. So, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. That's exactly what happened to Joseph. But he had conscience toward God. For what glory is it if when you're buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? Now, this person came to me one time and was asking me, well, I, I, sometimes I just don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm doing everything I can. And I'm trying to live for God. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm still suffering for it. I mean, every time I turn around, I, I'm suffering for that. And, I, I, you know, I don't know how. I said, look. Go look at this scripture right here. 
And we went to the Scripture. And I said, look, if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. You see? You need to understand something. You do what you can do. And God will take it from there. God will take it from there. Next scripture. Folks, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about God's plan. God has a plan. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou, everybody say that with me, Thou hast created all things. And for Thy pleasure, everybody say, Thy pleasure. They are and were created. It ain't nothing about your pleasure. It's not about your benefit. It's not about you, 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 me, 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 I, 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 my, 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 mine, mine, mine. It's not about that. And that's something that's hard to get out of people's minds because it's been drilled into us. It's been etched into us. It's been ground into us. To thine own self be true. It, listen, you only get out of life what you put into it. You only, listen, you, you know, you, uh, you got to give yourself to everything. No, uh-uh. It's all about God. That's the key. It's all about God. Everything in your life's about God. It ain't about making you happy. It's not about making you comfortable. It's not about making you rich. It's not about making you anything. God has a purpose and a plan, and you are part of it. That's it. That's it. Now, everything that's created, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For that, what does it mean by thou art worthy to receive power? There, listen, don't let, don't misunderstand that he ain't got no power that you ain't give him. Thou art worthy to receive power. Amen. What that means is that he is worthy to have power over you. You that you willingly give him power over you and that you willingly allow him to have every part of control of every part of your life. He is worthy. Why? Because He created you. He created all things. And for whose pleasure? God's pleasure. Thy pleasure. Ain't got nothing to do with us. For thy pleasure, they are and were created. See that? All right, next set. What? Okay. And as Jesus passed by, He saw a man which was blind from his birth, as I said before. We've read this many times. But you need to understand, it wasn't about this man's life. It wasn't about this man's life. It wasn't about nothing this man was going, had going on. Jesus passed by, saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Remember, back in that day, everything was was uh, had to do with uh, whether or not you were sinned or, or whatever. And, and that's why these things came about. Diseases and sickness and all that, still, it's still because of that these days. There's some, there's some things in the, uh, in the woodwork somewhere. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents. What was he saying? That that man never sinned in his life? No, that's not what he was saying. He was addressing specifically because all have sinned. But what he was saying is his blindness was not a product of his sin or his parents' sin. Why? His blindness for his whole life were about nothing but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. What does that mean? What does that mean? Somebody help me out. Before the miracle happens, there's got to be a problem that's unsolvable by man. You cannot see the powers of God truly. You cannot see the miracle-working powers of God until you come to a place that nothing but God can get you out of.
How would you ever know what kind of God we serve if you were never in a place that you or no one else alive could get you out of? How would Brother Quick ever know the power of the God that was in this church and is in this church now if he didn't come in here with a couple of months to live with no cure? No cure. He was preparing for death. And God set him up for life. (laughs) Amen. Let me tell you, he didn't even hear the Scripture when he pulled up to the window at at that chicken place. He didn't even hear the Scripture go off that says, I set before you this day death and life. A little card, a card from this church came out that window. And what the Lord was saying, I have set before you this day life and health. See? I've set before you this day death and life. Therefore, choose life. He almost throwed that card out the window a couple times. But you know what? He chose life. Here he is four years later. Never looked back. Praise God. How would he know the miracle working power of God? You see, if there'd never been a problem. That kind of stuff make you grab on, hang on. Right? Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. That man been been, uh, born blind. He was blind his whole life to that moment. And Jesus knew when that man was formed in the womb with them blinded eyes, when God formed him there, 40 years later, I'm going to come walking by you and I'm going to lay my hands on you and your eyes are going to be open and all the world will see it and I'm going to put you in the Word of God and that story is going to speak volumes to people for thousands of years until I come back. They will know that I am the God that can open the blinded eyes, raise the dead, heal the deaf and the dumb shall speak. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Miracles can't happen if there's not a need. Amen. It's got to be a serious need. It's got to be something that cannot be explained away. That's why the Lord did what He did with Pharaoh. Pharaoh was, and and the magicians could explain away some of those things with their tricks and magic. But there came a time when they said, man, no, no, no. We can't do this. We can't do this. We can't handle this right here. This is the hand of God right here. We can't do this. Now, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. You need to understand something these last days. Hear me, hear me clearly, and hear me well. You need to understand tonight. There's going to be a lot going on in these last days, but the Bible says, I will do a short work. You need to understand that we have a very short time frame in which for the Lord to work and perform those things He's got to perform. And now, as He's explained to us many times, and as He showed us in the Word, that these things are going to, once they start rolling, are going to happen very quickly. Amen. And so, you need to understand, we are to be at His disposal. We are to be at His command at all times. Amen. God has a plan. You are in it. You are a tool used in the hand of God, just like Joseph. Just like Joseph was going ahead of his brethren and going to prepare for his family, for God's people, he was going ahead of them to provide food in the time of famine and drought. They had no idea. They didn't know where he went. Joseph had no idea where he was, what he was doing. He didn't have a clue. But he was just trusting God, and he was going on and doing whatever he was doing, the best he could do with where he was. 
he found contentedness and wheresoever he was, just like Paul said later, whatsoever state I'm in there with to be content. He did. He did the best he could do with where God had him right now. Understand this. Where you are right now, God's got you there. You need to do the best you can while you have your feet planted in that spot. God will move you at some point, but be the best you that you can be while you're right where you are. Because it ain't going to last. It's not going to last. God's going to change it. He's going to have you doing something else. But he has us in this point in this time, right now, where we are for a purpose and a reason it's for him by him and to him and it's to bring glory and honor to his name in some kind of way amen so he said i must work the works of him that sent me while it is day night cometh when no man can work you need to keep that in your mind that we have a job to do and there's coming a time when all that's going to be over with when all that's over with, then it's just going to be a time of waiting to get home, waiting to go home. Maybe a time of waiting to be executed. It may be a time of waiting to starve to death. It may be a time of whatever. But right now, we still have a time of work. It's still day, and we need to work while it is still day. We need to finish His work. Now, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, and therefore, and washed, and came seeing. See that? Praise God. I can tell you right now, that man... That man knew how to appreciate seeing. First John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what ye shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. See, it don't, it don't even appear what you're going to be. It doesn't even appear yet what you're going to be. See that? Don't worry about what God's building. Just know He is. I mean, think about this. How much more important do you think you are than what God's prepared for you upstairs? Do you think the streets of gold up there are more important than you are? I can tell you, they're not. He didn't die for streets of gold. He died for the ones that's going to walk on those streets of gold. He didn't give his life for jewels and crowns. He didn't give his life for that. He built those and prepared those places and all those things up there for those that were faithful enough to follow him to the end. If he put that kind of care into preparing a place you're going to be, and you are much more important than that, how much detail and attention to detail has he put into you? He's put so much detail into you that even the very hairs on your head are numbered so that if one falls out, he knows not only that one fell out, but what number it was what time it fell out, and where it went. See? Never underestimate your value with God. The Bible is very serious and very strict. And God is by no means a pushover God. He's not a smoochy, smoochy, huggy, huggy, kit, kit, uh, uh, pet, pet, kissy, kissy God. But I can tell you, he is a God that loves his people that love him. His eyes are on you. Not at any time does the silversmith take his eyes off of the silver in the finding pot. Because one moment, one lack of his attention, and the silver is ruined. But his eyes are intently focused upon it. How long? Until it's complete and perfect. As long as we're on this earth, we're in the finer's pot. When the fire's turned off, 
we're either going to be ruined or we're going to be perfect. Amen. How many of you know God knows when to turn the fire off? Amen. Next. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God <laughs> is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. See that? When the evil spirit from God, who's just talking to? Who's just talking to right here? Just talking to King Saul. Amen. God sent an evil spirit upon him that would trouble him. Why? To make him want David. He brought the problem and introduced the solution. See what I mean? See where they learned all this from? See where the world learned it? Somebody one day said, hey, man, I'll bring all this catastrophe, and then I'll show up with a solution, make them pay me for it. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David, now when the evil spirit, where did it come from? From God was upon Saul, that David took in harp and played with his hands, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. In God's something. <laughs> See how God opens the door before His people? God will make somebody need you. And you're the only number they're going to find. Ain't going to be given no bids. Man, when God has a job for you, probably it ain't going to be nothing. Hey, why need you to give us a bid on this? No. It's going to be, hey, man, i got a thing that needs to be done. You're the man for the job. Here it is. He said, let us seek out one that can play. Well, there, there was David. There David was. Amen. He was the man for the job. So he had favor with Saul. And that's what God was doing. That's what God was doing. Where are we at, brother? How much? Okay, that's good. Well, it's actually 71 minutes. So you were right, too. Stand with me. There will be a part two.